Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, it's time for another Target book review, and this time we are doing the Target novelisation of Frontier in Space, or as it's known in in, uh, Target terms, Doctor Who and the Space War. But first, let's have a little bit of news, and unfortunately we sort of return uh, with two, we'll kick off really with two sad items of news, don't we? Yes. Really? Um, Since we've sort of... um, Sort of been away because obviously the last week was sort of pre-recorded. Um, we've lost two more um, people connected to to the world of Doctor Who, and sadly, first up was uh, Derek Martinus, who was a, a director uh, who directed twenty six episodes of Doctor Who, passed away at the age of eighty two. Unfortunately, not a lot of his stuff survived, has it? Really? No, but what has is, is iconic in its own way, I suppose. It is, yes, so. because he did uh, Galaxy Four. Uh, Mission to the Unknown, uh, the Tenth Planet, obviously, which you can now um, sort of see on DVD. Um, Even of the Daleks, unfortunately, lost, and uh, the Ice Warriors, which you can now get on, see on DVD as well. But but I think my favourite and his last story for Doctor Who was Spirit from Space. Yes, which I, I suppose actually the one thing is he actually did see the Tenth Planet and the Ice Warriors released, didn't he? Yes. I mean, that is the one good thing, isn't it, really? He did get to see his work um, sort of introduced to a new audience. Which and is, enjoyed. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Audience. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think with the Spirit from Space, I think... I don't know what it what it was about. I think it's the fault that it was done on film. It wasn't studio-bound at all. They were using, you know, it was proper location filming. And I think he tried to do something different. Yeah. I mean, it must, it really, must have they? been a joy for somebody who'd worked had to work on stuff like the 10th planet and whatever to have been given that sort of freedom. <laughs> in yeah, Doctor Who. exactly. I mean, there's this one shot where the, the press are hounding the, um, the brigadier through the hospital. Um, and the way it's shot is so unlike anything they've ever done in Doctor Who you know, at that, at that point. Really. So it's like this tracking shot sort of going, sort of going backwards and the brigadier is sort of keeping with a pace with the brigadier. Whilst all the all the extras and the and the people playing the press are sort of like hounding him, and it's very very sort of cinematic the way it's done, and mm. the sort of like and, and the, I mean also that that creepy um, I wish I, I'm terrible with me I always forget the characters' names, but um, basically when he's when he's peering through the glass in the door, do, do you, yeah. know, you know there's bit I mean yeah. in, in in the fact in the plastics factory I wish I could think of the character's name, but um, yeah I mean it's so well done. I mean, it makes you wonder what would happen under a sort of a lesser director, really. Yeah. T- totally was the right person doing that. And... Yeah, it was. So, um, yeah, so sad. It, it's it's sort of getting to that point now where we are saying goodbye more and more to to people to connected to that era of Doctor Who, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Very sad. Very sad. Um, now, also unfortunate and rather, I think, shockingly as well, um, Kate O'Mara, who famously uh, played the Rani. Um, also yes. passed away um, at the age of seventy-four. Um, that did come as a complete shock. Yeah, I was at a barbecue on Sunday and happened to go into the kitchen to get a beer, and they were talking about it on the radio. Yeah, just something thought, really. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. 
I couldn't believe it. Now, obviously, I think we're going to have to sort of hold our hands up here, and I think a lot of Doctor Who fans have to hold their hands up here to say that the Rani wasn't a popular character, and I dare I say... Didn't, didn't get the best stories. No, certainly didn't. I mean, uh, Tom and the Rani, um, which we covered as a um, as a commentary nearly two years ago now, wasn't it, I yes. think? Um we gave it a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a rough time, didn't we? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I think that she obviously enjoyed playing the role. Yes, she really did enjoy playing the role, and I, I think it's probably obvious that she that does come across that she was having a ball playing it. It's just a shame that the the, the scripts um, weren't fantastic. No, really weren't. Um, but I can't, you can't say she didn't give it a role. And I think for that particular time in the show's history, she was probably the right person for it. And she brought what to the role that sort of superior air, didn't she? Which the Rani needed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and detached well, attitude it, as well, well, it, it well to, that, to what was going on around her. Yeah, it was that whole 80s, um, how can I put it? It's so... Uh, I, sound, I just want to sound a bit condescending when I say this, but it was sort of like that era of the sort of like the powerful woman, the businesswoman, and you know things like Dynasty and Dallas and that sort of thing on the television. Well, and that, that's that's where and she that, went, wasn't it? It's exactly. All, yeah. Um, and this was just echoing the times, wasn't it? Yeah. Really. Um, but I must admit, I mean, I did like her um, her impression of Bonnie Langford. <laughs> In Tom no, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. She, you could tell she's having fun with that one, um, but it was just an awful. She story. was going to have a go. She I was, think, yeah, yeah, she was going. I mean, she did get Bonnie Langford's mannerisms right. Put it that way, mm. she did. But um, yeah, it's she wasn't served with um, fantastic stories at all. No, really wasn't. Um, but and again, probably it, one of her last public appearances was something we could have gone to, wasn't it, last year? Yeah, yeah. that was. Um, that's a, a one-woman show, wasn't it? Yes. Just sort of just around the corner well, from you, really, wasn't it? Yes. So, um, yeah, very, very, very sad, and yeah, just very, very sudden, really. Yeah. Very sudden and sad. Okay, right. Well, moving on, um, onto sort of uh, happier, happier news. Also, since we've been away, uh, it was confirmed that Mark Gatiss uh, was commissioned to uh, for two new episodes. Of Doctor Who. Now, obviously, people sort of jumped to the conclusion that these both these episodes would be in Series Eight, uh, but apparently they're not, are they? Well, he says they're not necessarily. Yeah, which is quite which, interesting. Which, which may be that actually, um, if everybody hasn't come in yet with their episodes, it may be the fact that they've just got him to write one. They've also got one in reserve in case somebody's doesn't cut quite cut what it needs to. Hmm. Stephen Thompson, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've started filming that one, so... Yeah, I well, know, too late now. costly now to turn around. <laughs> yeah, far too late. Um, yeah, interesting news anyway. Very interesting news. Um, I didn't sort of mind his, his two scripts for uh, the last the last series, actually. Yeah, I mean, Cold War, I think, was, was about as good as you could do. I think so. Um, yeah, I, swear it is, I, think, I think the, the Crimson Horror was also entertaining as well. To a certain extent, yeah. I think we enjoyed that one, didn't we? Um, we did give it a thumbs up. I seem to recall at the time. Yeah, may have done. Yeah, oh, I can't remember. Can't remember. But uh, I think it's really only Victory of the Daleks that have and the Idiot's Lantern. 
In its lantern was okay, in its ideas, but mm. just... Well, well, we'll soon be getting round to that, won't we? It's, yes. Yeah, it won't, won't be long, won't be long. No. Anyway, now onto some casting news uh, for Series 8. Now, there's been lots of um, stuff happening and people cast um, since we've sort of been been away. Um, but the latest one to be announced is an actor called Tom Riley, who apparently is going to be in the third episode of the new series. Um, apparently he's in a show called Da Vinci's Demons. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. I've got absolutely no idea who this guy is, apart from the fact... I just have absolutely no intention of watching it either. No, uh, no. <laughs> Well, apparently he was in St. Trinian's 2, The Legend of Fritton's Gold. Oh, well, there you go then. Which also starred David Tennant. And how, how, yes. has, how has that got past you? Uh, I don't know. How, how have I ignored that one? Oh, dear. Um, but obviously there's also other, um, other actors being cast. Trevor Cooper, um, who... He has actually appeared in Doctor Who before in Revelation of the Daleks. Um, An actor called Ian um, Halland, sorry, who played Richard Martin in Adventure in Space and Time. Uh, David Benson. Now, the news item says he played um, Noel Coward in Goodnight Sweetheart. But I think um, David Benson is probably best known for his one-man shows as Kenneth Williams. Right. Yeah, I think that that's what I know him from anyway. Um, and apparently, and another actor called uh, Roger Ashton Griffiths. Now he's one of those people um, you've seen him in loads and loads of things, but they've listed him here as uh, being in the Brothers Grimm that Terry Gilliam film and uh, Gangs of New York. Um, however, I know him best as Orgo from uh, the episode Boards for the Young Ones. <laughs> so, do you, remember, do you remember the two devil, the two devils? You had David yeah. Rappaport as Footumch. Right. And you, had, and you had the larger, fatter one as Orgo, and that, that was Roger Ashton Griffiths. So. Okay. Yes, yeah, so um, that's what I know him as. And also, um, it appears that the return of Jimmy V um, to the uh, to Doctor Who as well. And obviously, um, he's played the Grask, the Mox of Balhoun, and also uh, Banner Cafalata in Voyage yeah. of the Dams. That's well-remembered and, f- and fondly looked back on a, a Christmas special that we covered yes. fairly recently. Yes, yes. great memories. Of it. <laughs> I was actually just thinking, getting back to the Centrinians, of course, if you want a Doctor Who actor in a Centrinians film, you can go back to the black and white ones and Roger Delgado. Yes. Yes, he was, wasn't he? He did, yes. Yes, I forgot about that. Blimey. Okay, then. Well, that's uh, pretty much it for the news. Actually, no, well, there's one um, sort of late item of news. I haven't got the, um, the actual thing in front of me. But just before we start recording uh, this evening, there was uh, something appeared on Twitter um, about Matt Smith talking about the alternative regeneration scenes he filmed. Oh, right. And appara- oh, yeah, and apparently um, the words he used, they were a lot more brutal. Now, what that means, I don't know. He didn't really elaborate too much. And whether these will ever see the light of day, they tend not to, do they, with the new series stuff. I will probably save that for... Years to come, I would have thought. But the whole remember that rumor going around that the um, the doctor had lost a leg. Yeah. Well, apparently that was true. Right. That that was filmed according to Matt Smith. So that's certainly interesting. I like to have um, like to have seen the the alternate cuts to that because apparently they were. Quite... <laughs> let's, let's they did two stuff just to see what leaked. Probably, and it certainly did that one, didn't it? Because hmm. the sun got hold of that, but. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a sort of a, a, a late late item of news there. But uh, but anyway, 
Let's go very, very quickly to Omega's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, okay, we've got one item of tack for you, and again, it's um, more footwear, isn't it? Yes. For, for an on from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, this time, these are, well, let's just come out, come out of it. They are a pair of canine slippers. Just what you need. Just what you need. Uh, they So they'll keep your feet warm and fuzzy. Mm. Now, they are retailing from um, a site called thinkgeek.com for $29.99, which does seem rather a lot for a pair of slippers. <clears throat> and basically, they are basically you put your feet into the body of K9, and on, on where your toes should be, you've got K9's head. And sticking out the yes. back of the, on the heel, you've got his tail. Now, there is a photograph of someone wearing these, and they don't look, don't look to be the most comfortable of uh, footwear, do they? Oh, I don't know. So once you get your feet in them, they might be all right. Well, they're not walking on a couple of fluffy toasters, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but... oh, I'll keep your feet nice and toasty. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, how you, can, I, you can just pop out of them when they're ready. <laughs> now, apparently, it's um, the the outer and inner are made from one hundred percent polyester. There's quality for you, um, and it says keep away from fire <laughs> and sponge clean only. Only, okay. Yes. So um, they're probably filled up with sand and broken glass as well. Actually, <laughs> springs, bolts, um, <laughs> old bits of mechanical. <laughs> However, we do have a bum to pick here, don't we? Yes. Because these slippers are sexist. They are sexist because they only list sizes and small to medium fits ladies size 5 to 7 and large to XL fits ladies size 8 to 10. There are what no about men? Yeah, what about men? This is sexist, and I'm going to oh, write, I'm going to write to the lead no, to Rebecca There's no the male Doctor Who fans out there. That's what it is. There's just no demand for male Doctor no, Who No, no. Obviously, um, all these years of you know saying that Doctor Who fandom was, was male-dominated, it's obviously quite bollocks, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, it's, totally. Yeah. it's a female-dominated market, obviously. Obviously. So, um, shame on you, Think Geek, So I'm going to say. Shame on you. Um but it does, however, go on to say that these slippers are great for watching Doctor Who marathons. <laughs> so, <laughs> how they work that one out, I couldn't, I couldn't honestly tell you. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's two people dressed as the Merca running twenty six miles. <laughs> Charity. <laughs> I don't think anyone would dress as the Merca, even for charity. <laughs> The embarrassment factor is just too high, <laughs> really. Still own twenty six miles. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear them coming because you're starting hearing the people clapping everybody, and then you're suddenly the <gasps> <laughs> and the trail of green paint left behind it, <laughs> like a snow. And all of a sudden, some, some middle aged woman jumps out and tries to karate kick it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right, okay, let's leave that there. I think. Anyway. um... Yeah, so kind of very shortly is our review of Doctor and the Space War. So that for another week then, that was the news. Okay then everybody, it's time for another Target book review. And as promised, this uh, this week we're discussing Doctor Who and the Space War, otherwise known as Frontier in Space. And this one is written by Malcolm Hulk. The great, late great Malcolm Hulk, I should say. Um, Paul, it, I, 
we, we well, I don't know if it is your turn to kick off, but we just decided you're going to kick off. So, um, what, did, what did you think of this uh, literary effort? And having it given it such a great build-up, and Malcolm Hulk such a great build-up, this pains me to say, mm. I really didn't like it. Okay, okay, far away, far away. Why, why do you um, like this one, then? Just because it just didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know whether it was just my mood or whatever it has been over the last couple of weeks while I've sort of been picking it up and putting it down. I'm trying to put it down very quickly. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it just, oh, it just bored me rigid. Really? Really? really. <laughs> it did. And I really have not been so pleased to finish a book in my life. Crikey. What was, what in particular, but why, why did you find it boring? What in, in particular? Oh, perhaps actually I can give you a little, uh, well, it's, it's a spoiler alert. I'll actually give you the complete rundown of this story, shall I? Go on then. The Doctor and Joe get captured and locked up. No one believes them. <laughs> the Doctor and Joe get locked up again. No one believes them. <laughs> the Doctor escapes. And no one believes him. The Doctor gets locked up, locked up again, this time on the moon. The Master gets Joe from the cell and locks her up. The Master gets the Doctor from the cell on the moon and locks him up with Joe. Draconians capture the Doctor, Joe and the Master and lock them up. They don't believe them. The Master escapes and recaptures Joe and locks her up. The Doctor finally gets people to believe him. They go to him. Planet of the Oakens. They're locked up by the master. They escape. The end of the story. And nothing else happens. Oh, Apart from one scene in an airlock. Oh, and that's dear. it. Oh, crikey. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you. Yes, it's... I, I mean, it pains me to say this because I love watching Frontier in Space. Yeah, I mean, what actually came out from this was... Having then watching it, which really I probably wouldn't have... I hadn't watched Frontier... Actually, rarely for me now, actually watched Frontier in Space about a couple of months ago, just for pleasure, that wasn't actually anything to do with... That's what I did a couple... That's what I did a few weeks ago, and that's why I suggested this particular particular Target novel. For a six-part series, it didn't seem too bad. No. Um, Had I not watched it, I don't think I'd have really wanted to watch it again for this. No, I mean, okay. Now we're moving on to the like the TV version, but yes, it is a lot of captured, escape, captured, escape, all the way. It just it, is, yeah, it just and there's is. no, and in the book, there's absolutely no description of of really what the cells are like. There's no backstory to anybody. No, of the characters. The only backstory you get is the fact that at some point, the president and the general. Williams were a couple. Yeah, they had a bit of. Even then, it because she has into, a locket. But it didn't but really that, go into the detail on that, no. did it? It was yeah. And, wh- and why weren't they now? Yeah. If you're going to if you're going to drop that into the story, <laughs> well, to, I suppose, to flesh no, no, out a character, wasn't, wasn't, what, wasn't but, it that wasn't it that he uh, having started the war? I think they obviously the pressure of that drove them apart. But, but, it, but it wasn't specific, was it? No. There was nothing specific about that at all. Um, no, I mean, and, and to be honest, the, the, how the TV does it when he just leans across and said, we was once friends, probably covered it better. Probably did, actually. It probably did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he did, Malcolm Hulk did actually uh, make a few changes in, in his novelisation. I mean, for, for, as you say, you've got this personal history between uh, General Williams and the Earth President. 
You've also got the Ogrons and some of the, and I've written down as lesser Draconians, um, have got lines, a lot yeah. more lines. Uh, I, th- there's another thing, another 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 reason why I selected this book because I read this when I was a kid. Yeah, when I used to get the Target books out of my uh, local library, and one of the things that always stuck with me was the the Ogron chained to the ceiling. Yes, and that always stuck with me for some reason. So he's, he's he's sort of chained up as like punishment. So reading that again brought back a few sort of childhood uh, childhood memories, and also the fact they're scared of the big lizards. Yeah, I mean call that, it. the whole the whole thing of actually about the the best bit the best bit that the book does that the, the TV doesn't is actually the lizards and yeah because the in the TV show obviously they're menaced by a giant beanbag with boggly eyes on it. So yeah, yeah, which obviously was the fact that they went to the special effects department people and said we want some sort of so the lizard dinosaur yeah and they got what was it tritesticle rex didn't they really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was a gigantic ball bag wasn't it that was <laughs> um for some reason I mean, obviously i suppose when you see invasion of the dinosaurs sorry, you I, I haven't like... used the expression ball bag for ages i just made me laugh i made yourself laugh at that sorry <laughs> you know, when you probably see Invasion of the Dinosaurs, you probably realise why they didn't try that. Yes. Why they didn't try the dinosaur lizard thing. But actually, in the TV series, they still say this has got one, this planet's got one major life uh, life form, lizards. Mm. <laughs> and then you see the... And you see the, the giant scrotum <laughs> on a <the> hillside. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. I mean, that actually had the, the best bit about when they was coming into... And had the sort of the draconian prince saying about the if they can't see where the ogron base is, then to look for the lizards because they'd be near if they eat the ogrons, they'd be near the ogrons. Yeah, They're which the... really you know sort of clever stuff like that that obviously then didn't get onto the is good in the book. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, I do, it, I, it, it I does do sort have of it, like that bit. It does have its good points, but they're all really at the end. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is really this book doesn't really. Other than us say, the airlock scene's probably the only one that actually sort of captures you a bit in the book. Mm. When the Doctor's trapped in the airlock with the Professor. Yeah. Um, other than that, basically, you just really want to fast forward to... You get well, to the... He really the does... Fa- homeworld. Yeah, I mean, actually, at the end, he really does fast forward through it because um, in the TV version, you've got that bit where the Doctor goes on a spacewalk to fix General William's ship... Yeah. Which isn't in the book. Which isn't in the book. Uh, you, you sort of think that was well, that was ever in the script. I think that and was whether un- they just, unnecessary padding, wasn't it? And they just suddenly said, come on, we've got to actually put some danger into this because there just hasn't been any danger in this story No, for, for two episodes. So they did, had to put that in just to try and create some sort of, you know, oh, are they going to land? Is the spaceship going to blow up sort of thing? Yeah. Um, that just wasn't in the book. That wasn't probably in the original script either. No. I, I must and not... also to just give John Pertwee something Action Man like to do. <laughs> I suspect he was suggesting that I could go on another spacewalk. He probably did, actually. Can I do it on a motorbike as well? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some sort of space jet ski sort of <laughs> He'd have been loving it. <laughs> um, I think the other thing um, they did with Joe as well was that whole because that, that was what wasn't in the, in the TV version. I was the whole thing that females 
Actually, I think it was in the TV version. Sorry, I, I, I stand yeah, corrected. There, there was there was just the, the one about the females not being allowed to speak to the to the to the yeah. emperor. But yeah. but Joe in the book really keeps sort of um, prodding the draconian prince's pomposity over that, doesn't she? Yeah, she keeps answering him back and, and things like that. And you had that thing where the the line about the uh, the draconian princess, the doctor, you know, she would be she'd be good if you could train her not to. You know, you know, to speak when 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 she's spoken to, yeah. sort of thing. But it was, it was the, and the doctor gives a wry smile. The, you must educate her to be silent. Yes, <laughs> then she will be a very nice person. That was it. That was the lie. Well, well remembered. The doctor suppressed a smile. Yes. <laughs> Have you got the page flop open? Is that your favourite page? Was it that bit? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's now my motto for living life. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I, you know, it was. Um... <laughs> I'm just. I'm just now. I'm just now revengeful because they've got slippers, canine slippers. We haven't. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna take it out on the whole of womankind now because you can't <laughs> have canine slippers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I agree because re- reading people getting um, locked up and then they escape, then locked up again. It's not. It does not make exciting reading at all. No. Um, a lot of people say it doesn't make exciting viewing either, but no. I just I just love Frontier in Space. I like um, a lot of the performances. The only bit, the that. only bit of humanity you have in this actually is the when they're first taken to the prison and they're told they're going to be whatever to be questioned and whatever, and the, yeah, the person who signs them in signs them in. Well, you know, whatever. Was it? What's says, my line? Says, <laughs> <laughs> With the new prisoner, sign in, please. <laughs> and I have three guesses. Three guesses at their crime. <laughs> You're a draconian spy. Yes, you are. <laughs> I don't care. No, you are a draconian spy. Um, it's, yeah, when he says, you know, and starve them. And you actually then get the ship's captain come back and say, no, I don't come into their cell and say, I don't yeah. agree with that. I'll and, make sure you get some food. Actually, you, Which is about the only sort of you feel that actually this is a real character. That's the mm. only time you actually feel this is actually a real person. Well, actually, you just reminded me, actually, that bit when they're taken to the, to the Earth security um, prison. I can't remember when they're going to the prison or they've been taken to the uh, president's building, but they're in the... You get a description of the... Um, well, I suppose it, it was like the a futuristic version of the Black Mariah. Yes. Wasn't it? Because it's this black hover bus thing they get taken. And then you get the... A description of all the buildings in the city, yeah, which obviously they couldn't afford to do uh, in in the TV version. And actually, if anyone doesn't know what Black Mariah is, it was actually the name of of a police fan. It's a nickname, yes, for a police fan. Or back for long, long time ago, we're talking about fifty, sixty years ago, aren't we? The Black Mariahs, I think. Mm, no, I don't know. I think they were still sort of going into the seventies, weren't they? Were they? Really, I can't remember. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I can't remember, but uh, they, yeah, they, they, they was just blacked out transits by then. They were basically, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so they sort of dropped in the odd little bit like that, but the rest of it, it really was as yeah. you as you saw it um, on the on the TV. Until you get to the end, as we sort of gone into, once you reach the Ogron homeworld, things take a um, a different a different tack. Yeah, um, and also like things like the um, when they worship. The the monster as the, as the Ogrons yeah. call it. You've got that altar thing. When the book obviously it's just a, they leave um, food there for, and, and it's just like a big mound of rotting food. 
Yeah, and as you say, the one that was strung up was strung up because he'd actually tried to take some of that food to eat. Yeah, that's it. He was hungry. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, so it was little things like that sort of sort of pepped it up a little bit at the end. Um, but do you feel the ending was even more rushed than the TV version? The problem with this this book is it isn't a self contained story, is it? And the ending just isn't an ending. There, no. there is there is there is this the, the whole actual problem with this story has it has it has a beginning but it has no middle and it has no end. Uh, no, which probably leaves it as quite unsatisfying from that point of view. Whether you actually then need to read Planet of the Daleks to actually. Well, I get think, a, a I could, feeling of yeah. I think that's probably the reason why songs. because I, you, I think they're just meant to be picked up and not read in any particular order. So yeah. I can I can sort of understand why. But basically, I mean, this is a massive spoiler. Um, basically, the end the end of the book is the Doctor isn't shot by the Master. He doesn't send any message back to the Time Lords when Joe sort of drags him back into the TARDIS. And basically, the Doctor has the upper hand. Yeah, at the end, doesn't he? And then, and the, and the, the, like the final line of the book is based on the master saying, "Oh well, you win some, you lose some." Well, actually, I, I, to a certain extent, I wonder because obviously this was Roger Delgado's Swan last song, wasn't thing, it? Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he died shortly after. And you wonder, actually, then with the ending of the book, that the actually Malcolm Holt gives the master the last words. You could be yeah. because yeah, you could and be right. and sort of. Pro- Poignant of, of of it as the last words are. There's always tomorrow. Yeah, which unfortunately there wasn't. There wasn't for him. No, no, no. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think there's something in. And that, I wonder definitely. whether that's why you changed that. To be honest, was just to basically give the the master a sort of dignified, dignified ending, ending. rather than just running off camera or off yeah. the page, really, as it would have yeah. been. But uh, yeah, I mean. I must admit, I, I, mean, I was disappointed with this book. I was expecting because Malcolm Hulk is one of the uh, the better authors. Yeah, if, if you I look mean, at, we, we look at was it the Silurians we covered? Yes, and and that was that was brilliant, and that was brilliant because of of how much depth you got from the other characters. Yeah, and he really and did the, flesh out those characters, didn't yeah. they? I mean, really, they leapt off the page, and that's a bit of a cliched saying that, but they did leap off the page. But this was the complete opposite. No, yeah, I couldn't. You know, you just sort of had a guard. You had, you know, yeah, it, it was technician. Just, it, you had, you just didn't have anybody that you actually felt. I mean, most of them wasn't even named. No, you had like it's weird to write faceless extras into a book because that's basically what they were. Yeah, the the closest the closest proper character you had was Cross, the mm. uh, trusty. Yeah, yeah, that was Other about it. Really. That, Other it than just... that, no, it was it was pretty sort of pretty poor, really, wasn't it? And for a story that wasn't an action-packed story, it needed to be character-driven. And I think, actually, when you watch it on the TV, I think you suddenly then realise just how good Delgado and Pertwee were together. Oh, God, yeah. Because I think that is actually what runs this story, what makes this watchable. Well, I think think there's another thing, I think a mistake this book makes as well, uh, is they give away the reveal of the Daleks... Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. Far too early, don't they? Because when the master in the in the TV um, version, you know, the master has that mysterious conversation with them. Yeah, and you don't know who he's talking to. But in the book, in the book, he just says, "Oh, again." They tried to keep the mystery. It's like a one-sided conversation, and then and then he just blurts out, "Oh, stupid pepper pots, Daleks." 
and completely well, no, he, gives he, it away. Yeah, he, he, he actually says it before he's even... Yeah, he's, he's got the... When they're in the tr- police transporter, aren't it? Before they're captured by the Draconians. He's yeah. talk, he, he, he calls them... He says who they are. Yeah. Whereas actually in the TV, it's the one thing, isn't it? Right at the end, you see him on top of the cliff and suddenly the Daleks come up beside him. Yeah, but that, that mystery's lost. Yeah. And like, you can't really go on the fact that you're, you're surmising that people already know that because they've already watched it. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, when I read this as a kid, I hadn't seen and I suppose, I suppose I suppose it's, it's more difficult to get a reveal in a, in a book than it is on screen. Well, you, to you, that extent. You, you say that, but the book cover has, hasn't got Daleks on the front. No. You could still get away with that surprise at the end. Yeah. You know, I think that it works better as they as they sort of glide up behind the master on on the um on the mountain side or, or the cliff top or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I, I still think that that still works really well. It's it's, it's ruined slightly ruined in the, on DVD form by the fact you now have to buy it as part of the Dalek War box set. Yes. You do actually. <laughs> it sort yeah. of gives you an idea yeah, that there really, is yeah. somewhere. Yeah, it does sort of spoil the surprise somewhat, doesn't it? Oh, dear. Should, should we let... Yeah, oh, sorry, you got... Well, yeah, sorry. There's just one more thing on All this. All right, go, go, go. Which probably, in a story I'd enjoy, I just probably wouldn't have bothered me. Mm. But it really bothered me in this, because obviously I'm now just annoyed at everything. <laughs> I can find... <laughs> and it's the fact, all the way through this story, you've got... General Williams doesn't believe them. The Draconians are liars. They're, you can't trust them. Yeah. Whatever. You finally get them to talk about at the end where he's, where he's saying about him starting the war and whatever. Mm. And one line from the Draconian prince at the end about the, as, to, as to why the Draconian ship couldn't open fire yeah. was the, the, oh, didn't answer the signals, sorry, was that the communication equipment had been destroyed by the same neutron storm that damaged your ship. I yeah. read the records in my father's court. What I say is the truth. And from that moment on, General Williams believes him totally. That's so that's, that's, that's obviously it. Whenever I'm having an argument now with somebody and they don't believe me, I'm just going to say, I've read the records in my father's court. <laughs> what I say is the truth. And proof, people will have to believe me. Proof positive, I think. Actually, in all fairness, they do do that in the TV version as well, don't they? Oh, but, but they do. But, it, but, but I, I think that's this. actually, in a story that I'm just really losing the will to live on, <laughs> and that suddenly turns up and it's just... Do you know what? As I was reading that, it reminded me of something else. It reminded me of um, how the Earth-Mimbari War started in Babylon 5. Because you had the yeah. same thing again there when, when the Mimbari ship approached it approached with gun ports open, which was like a sign of respect. Yeah. And the, and the Earth vessel took that as, a, as an act of hostility. And this was exactly the same thing. Obviously, this came before Babylon 5. Yeah. It does, it, it's so similar... In, and, and again, it's it's an Earth alien conflict again. It's um, it, it only just well, between it, two great empires. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. similar, so similar. I mean, I'm not saying obviously Babylon Five ripped off Doctor Who, but you are. <laughs> I, I am actually. I am because it, it's it's just, <laughs> only, only from a point of view of our lawyers. Are we not saying that <laughs> allegedly? <laughs> what lawyers? Is those two blokes down the cycle shop? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. I think that's a good point to leave it there. We, we, we I think we've um, so we agreed, but we, we we're disappointed in this particular novelisation. Yes, that's a shame. That is a shame, actually. But uh, 
there you go. We we don't always pick winners, do we? No. We certainly don't. We certainly don't. And it, we did think this had quite a bit going for it. In the we did. How mistaken will be. <laughs> I, 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 I believed before I read this that I'd probably enjoy everything. <laughs> so Indeed. At least I've been enlightened that way. Yes. Okay, then. Right, well, next week is our break week. I'm yes. afraid, so we, we won't be with you next week, so we'll, I'll be uh, chucking another couple of uh, older episodes um, up onto the onto the, uh, onto the the podcast feed. And um, actually, I'm glad to say people are, thank you to everyone who are catching up on our older episodes as well. Um, and I'm actually amazed you're still with us. <laughs> because they, they, as they go back, I can't bear to listen to our, our older podcasts the further back we go. To be honest. It, it is, isn't it? It's a question of people. People, people are just going back with going credibility, isn't it? But they can't be worse before. Uh, no, we were. <laughs> this is an improvement. <laughs> this, is, this is involved. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yes, that's what's going to be uh, released next week. And then the week after that, when we return, uh, we're going to go back and finish off our Series 3 retrospective, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, um, so when we return, we should be covering The Last of the Time Lords, and yes. I am not looking forward to that one. Well, there you go. You may be surprised. I may be surprised, but I sincerely doubt it. I really do. So um, so that's coming not up. Not prejudging when... again. No, not at all. Not at all. No. Um, so, yes, that's what's coming up when we return. Okay, then. So that just leaves us to say it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.